Are we not sound testing? No. That's why I was checking the levels before. I was actually checking them. I know, to make but sure it didn't usually bounce into we the listen red. anyway. Yeah. I figure fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to Geek Chew, a podcast where we talk about the geeky things that we love. Our intro music is by my brother, Ryan. Uh, I'm Eamon. I'm Charlene. And this week we're going to be talking about Netflix's Iron... Netflix's, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, the Iron Flit. <laughs> the Iron Flist. Wow. We'll start over there. Uh, Iron Fist on Netflix. Marvel show. We, we both finished all 13 episodes. And Legion, episode seven and eight, which are the last two episodes of this season. It has, in fact, been picked up for season two. So awesome. I've since learned. Uh, two weeks is a long time to go without recording, I've noticed. <laughs> I do feel like we're a little bit behind. Like, some yeah. of this feels stale because I finished Iron Fist like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my impression is that most people won't even make it through the whole series. So really, I mean, a lot of people don't seem they just to gave up? It, but yeah. I just uh, feel like it's not a lot to like, just go ahead and finish and see how it turns out. Right. So I thought I felt like the second part of the season or even the last third was better than the first part. But yeah. Still. Anyway, yeah. we're going to get to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I figure we could start off with like a little bit of Netflix stuff because we haven't been watching a lot of TV. But one of the things we found on Netflix, by found, I mean, you know, it was right there, like the third or fourth suggestion, <laughs> <laughs> was uh, Samurai Gourmet, which is really an interesting show. I it's, think it's so funny how it's described on like the thing. Like you just have no idea what you're going to get. If you're not already familiar with the comic, which we weren't, I'd never heard of it. I didn't know. Um, and so when you turn it on, it then becomes what the hell are we watching? But in the most delightful way. Yeah. Like it's such a charming show. Yeah, it really is. It's a foreign show from Japan, I would imagine. Subtitles. So I guess probably, well, that's probably the least of the things that's not for everybody in that show, but uh, we really do enjoy it. I feel it's like the, it is for everybody. Yeah. If they just, you know. <laughs> but it's a 60-year-old guy, just retired. He doesn't know what to do with his life, so he takes little trips to eat, eat. at different places yeah. and imagines himself as a samurai. And uh, we're only four episodes in, but Does he, pretty, like, he kind good. of, ima- like, it's interesting, the turn, because, like, in the first couple episodes, he's sort of watching this Observing. other life yeah. of a samurai. But then in, like, the one that we just watched. Well, the one like, we just of... watched, yeah, his, his niece, like, sees him as the samurai, <laughs> which is interesting. It's so fun. It's the best. It's yeah. And they're short episodes. They're not very Yeah, long. like 20 minutes. Yeah. Probably on average. Um, but 
it's hard not to watch it without you because it's so cute and fun. Nope. Um, so that got our seal of approval. But there's some other things on Netflix. Like, I, I didn't know this, but we were looking forward to the Dave Chappelle comedy specials that dropped. And I have right. been noticing more and more comedy kind of brought to the fore when you open up Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Did you watch just more of that after more of Dave Chappelle? Because I only watched the first one with you guys. Oh, yeah. I told you we watched the second one, me oh, and Courtney. I forgot. Uh, it was it was funny. I mean, uh, it's interesting um, in a couple different ways. One is that those you can tell that the stand-up itself is is a couple years old. He's talking about Ebola and, and, and all this stuff. And it's very loose and a little bit less structured, I think, than most stand-ups probably have uh, when they step on stage. Uh, I don't know. I feel like all of that stuff is very deliberate. Yeah. I mean, it's Dave Chappelle. So, you know, while it seems like a loose structure, there's like that goal in mind. Yeah. That's just his. Well, there's more. Yeah, there's more structure for sure in the first one that we watched together from the one in L.A. I think the second one's in Austin. And um, it's a little, little bit freer, but. I guess Netflix is going to be dropping comedy specials like once a week, every week this year. Uh, well, I think, just got a notification that Louis C.K. has just dropped. Yeah. Uh, I was going to watch that last night. I have mixed night. feelings about. I've seen some of his uh, stand-up that I thought was pretty funny. And then I've seen some other of his stand-up that I couldn't even make it through the first 15 minutes of it. Right. Not because I was offended or whatever. I just... Sometimes I'm a little offended. Didn't think it was very fucking funny. (laughs) But um, I didn't know that they were basically trying to take over stand-up. You know, it seems like HBO's corner a little bit. And they're moving in. But uh, what else was on Netflix that we... Oh, Twin Peaks. We finally got around to watching the first first episode. Episode. (laughs) Because it's coming back uh, this year on Showtime, I think. So is it going to be all the same cast? A lot of the same cast, yeah. I think one of the guys uh, the in the FBI original dude. just passed away, especially the FBI dude, uh, Kyle. Dude, I don't know. Okay. Well, you looked it up last time. I thought you might remember. <laughs> Pretty sure that's his first M. name. I think so. We'll just leave it at that. Kyle M. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, but the first episode, I mean, it took us like three nights because it's an hour and a half and uh, our schedule's kind of wonky, but uh, it was... It was good. I mean, it was very 90s. It was a little... I mean, I know it's supposed to be strange, but it was a little strange in a way I may not have anticipated, like the biker lady singing in the bar. Um, But I think it's supposed to get weirder also. But I want to keep watching it. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably have to do it separately. But (laughs) you want to save it for together? No. It's probably one of those things where we should watch it together because otherwise I'm not sure... If it'll be our first choice when we do sit down separately, like if we're oh, going to yeah, make it through I have lots of other things that I watch without you. So well, <laughs> <laughs> like speechless, which I finished. Yeah. I have four episodes left it or is five the best thing. The best thing. Yeah. So that's on Hulu, mm-hmm. uh, which also I'm sorry, just, we weren't talking yeah, about Hulu. <laughs> we can't just shift between digital platforms. Uh, but no, it, Awesome show, but it's uh, Fargo season two also just dropped uh, a couple weeks ago to Hulu too, Hulu as well, <laughs> and the uh, 
I, I was waiting for it because I was, I had heard it was even better than season one. And you know, it's, um, I don't know what they call them, anthology series or whatever. The second season is completely different cast and it's set in a different time. Uh, I watched about seven episodes of it last weekend and I really, uh, really do like it quite a bit. I tried to recommend it to my sister who was, um, less than receptive if it was going to be violent. And there's some, it's not, violence isn't like, it's, it's pretty violent, I guess the first couple seasons, it's like a crime show, you know? Uh, so, um, we won't, we won't be sharing that thing. I think John would like it, but whatever. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, the justice league trailer, the first real trailer that dropped, they uh-huh. put out that like three or four minute kind of reel at the, I don't know if it was at comic con or what, um, a few months ago, but this is the first like Actual. trailer. trailer. Yeah. Uh, and I'm quite excited and a little worried, but what, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you can clearly see that you can, yeah, it's obviously still Scott Snyder. It's just, it looks like a Scott Snyder movie. It looks like it's a little bit. Scott ther- Snyder. Doesn't Scott Snyder write comics and not direct movies? Yeah. <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going if I had just said the name too much, and apparently I said too much and incorrectly. But, or just the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. But the the trailer still looks pretty awesome um, for the most part. <laughs> you can tell that they're trying to lighten it up um, compared to the other movies, which... I feel like you have to do that when you have that size cast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't have it be a, a grumpy film. Yeah. So, I mean, it does, I think, uh, that kind of shift in tone lends itself well to the, um, the larger cast, but, uh, I don't know if they would have done that if they hadn't gotten all that negative feedback. Cause it seems they made a pretty big show of saying that they heard the feedback from Batman V Superman and man of steel and, you know, even invited a bunch of press out there while they were filming to be like, well, we're doing it a little bit different. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks, it looks fun. I, I like the trailer, the come together Beatles song that they use for the, the background. And I'm also a big fan of, uh, this is recent to me as far as noticing, but using like sounds from the trailer and kind of mixing it in to, the, the beat of whatever music they're using, like, um, the cocking of a gun or the fire of a, a bat wing or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, big fan. Uh, but they also, DC also announced the, um, or Joss Whedon announced, I'm not sure where the announcement came from, but Joss Whedon is going to be writing and directing a Batgirl movie, oh, right. which is also pretty exciting. And it's based on the new 52 Batgirl, which is actually kind of fun. Yeah. So it's after the new fit as far as what that means. The new 52 Batgirl is the same Batgirl that got paralyzed by the Joker and the killing joke, but she has this implant that allows her to walk now and be Batgirl again, instead of just the Oracle kind of stuck behind a computer, mm-hmm. but she's, so it's going to be, and my impression is from what I've heard, um, 
the hipster Batgirl from Burnside in Gotham, which I don't know. We, we didn't read the Gail Simone version. Like she started that version of Batgirl. We started picking it up after Cameron Stewart had already taken over Babstar. Uh, but excited nonetheless. So lots of casting suggestions by uh, people. I don't think there's actually been any uh, move to look at people or rumors that are actually hold any weight. But um, That's exciting. Yeah. Stolen away from Marvel, which I think you would think that DC is going to give him a lot of leeway in this movie because that's kind of what drove him away from like the Avengers and stuff was uh-huh. Marvel was super controlling. So it'll be interesting to see what, what he can do. But S-Town, did you finish S-Town, the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was one of the most interesting listens. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't expecting for you to bring it up. So like now I'm trying to process and. So it's a spinoff of the serial, this American life. Uh, they, they approached it um, kind of interestingly uh, as far as podcasts go, they kind of went with the Netflix dump it and let everybody binge it if they want to. Uh-huh. And it's only seven episodes. So it's nice that it's not too long, Right. but it starts off as kind of, uh, this guy thinking about investigating some, uh, corruption and murder in, in this town down in Alabama. Um, but it kind of turns pretty quickly in the series to just a look at, at this guy, um, kind of this recluse genius who lives in that town. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It was, uh, it was very interesting. Did, you asked me, I had already finished it and you were up to episode five. You asked if it had uh, ended in a um, satisfying way. Did you, did you think it did? I I, I think it did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ultimately. Yes. It'd be hard to see it ending any other way. Um, but I thought they put a nice point on it. Uh, I mean, there's not much you can do after (laughs) at the end of, uh, the, the story that they told, I I would imagine, but the whole thing is like just amazing and sad and crazy and yeah. just I, anyway, it's highly recommended. Yeah. I, I me. mean, <laughs> even just the fact that we get to hear that story because the, the odds are you would never know no. about I mean, he he almost ignored the dude, the guys, you know, I would imagine when you're working at a huge public, I mean, I, they even say it when you're working at a big publication, like, you miss, uh, yeah, well, not, like not you get even. tons of contacts from people claiming all this kinds of crazy stuff and you kind of have to sort through it, decide what you're going to maybe mm-hmm. pursue. And, and he almost didn't go down this rabbit hole. The guy who does the, uh, and I don't remember his name, I'm the guy who hosted that. the podcast, but. It's uh, very well done, though. Yeah, like, it it's is. It's really well produced, and it's just an incredible story. Yeah. So. So uh, we also kind of split up last weekend. You took the girl to Houston for her birthday, mm-hmm. and I stayed here with the boys. But we went to um, the movies, respectively, separate. You guys mm-hmm. went to see Beauty and the Beast. Did you? Uh... All right. So I knew that I was going to like it. I knew that I was <laughs> going right. to love it. But I didn't realize how much 
I was going to love it. Yeah. I was surprised that you were that moved by, by the movie. Um, especially going into it, knowing exactly what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's so beautifully done. Dan Stevens is probably my new favorite actor. He is in everything now. Like well, there are tons be. of movies coming out. <laughs> he should be. And I'll watch all of his things. Yeah. Um, the music is really beautiful and touching. They change a lot of things to make it, um, you know, separate from the original movie, but definitely honoring that first rendition. It's, but it's, it's a thing apart. Yeah. It's its own beautiful, wonderful story. I just can't, but I, I need to go see it again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see it as well. So maybe we can sneak away sometime. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. I took the boys to see Power Rangers, which was, I mean, I was looking forward to it. I, Courtney was also very excited. He seems to have some nostalgia for the Power Rangers, even though I don't remember him watching the Power Rangers or having any Power Ranger toys or talking was, about the Power Rangers. <laughs> he was into it for like a little while. Um we actually own on iTunes. This was before like streaming content was available um, and like a thing. Um, one whole season or series of like, I think it's Power Rangers Ninja Force, maybe? Yeah. Like we own it because he would watch that <laughs> yeah. a lot. So. I mean, I could be wrong because that could be maybe not what it's called. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, maybe not what it's called, but we do own it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I'd forgotten, I guess, but I, I do remember seeing the yeah. icon now whenever we look in, in yeah, iTunes. Because I didn't, I did not buy that for me. So. <laughs> weird. Uh, you know, I, I watched Power Rangers um, a little bit when I was growing up. I was a little bit you too old. You were a little bit old for it. Um, so it was kind of like, uh, you know, you didn't tell anybody you watched it, but when you're waiting to go to school in the morning, for me, it was like middle school, uh, you know, I'd watch it was like it an episode. School? I guess it was because my baby sister, who is not a baby anymore, um, she loved it. Nope. And the Yellow Power Ranger was her favorite. And like when I would be at their house and she's like 11 years younger than me almost. Um, like that's all that we would watch <laughs> yeah. and that's it. And it was annoying, but also like, you know, you get into it because that's what you're forced to watch when you're babysitting a child. So, yeah. um, so the movie is, um, kind of like breakfast club meets a serious version of the power Rangers. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's like what popped an unironic version. Yeah. So, I mean, cause you know, they all meet in detention. Uh, they kind of, uh, as, as a team come together by sharing these deep, dark, personal things and getting to know each other through the movie to become the team that they are. Um, so I guess even 
when I had originally, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, so it, I mean, it's hard to be, I think it's kind of hard to be a serious power ranger movie because it was, um, right. Cause it's, it's the, the power, power rangers, rangers. <laughs> but I think they did a really good job. I really liked the movie. They did the thing like Creed did where they kind of have that, um, they actually had a pretty good soundtrack of various artists, but also the music that plays underneath um, kind of had that theme running through it from, you know, the Power Rangers theme that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until the very end when they're all in their Zords and like charging uh, that they, I mean, they kick it, they kick it up to, to 11 <laughs> and they play like the Power Rangers go, go music Power with, Rangers. with the music. Yeah. With the lyrics and everything. Uh, that's exciting actually yeah you know, it was great i'm i'm serious <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun uh the the movie was awesome the boys really liked it too um, yeah i but, need to see it so. yeah so i guess to get into iron fist though um they actually just put yesterday i think they put up a little teaser for the defenders uh which is just the four of them getting in an ev- elevator elevator Jesus. <laughs> Elevator. Uh, and it's like the security camera, uh, black and white, looking down at them. Uh, and they're just kind of waiting. And then Jessica Jones sees the camera and like punches it out. But there's like a, a couple of hidden messages in, which I didn't see. I mean, I was watching it on my phone. I don't like, uh-huh. uh, but hidden messages like scrawling across the screen in print. No, or no like I think it was like the date eggs. stamp. Which tells you when it's going to drop to Netflix, uh, which is 18 August. So that's pretty exciting. Only four months away. <laughs> four months seems like a long time when I say it like that. But August seems close. We'll just say it's August. <laughs> uh-huh. They also had the website, I guess, in there somewhere. But uh, very excited for that. And in preparation for Iron Fist, I also watched season two of Daredevil again. Uh, before. So that was a couple weeks ago. But... Still holds up. Still really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's where they introduce the Punisher. And they're actually filming the Punisher right now uh, with... They don't know who she is, but they said they caught a glimpse of uh, Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio, um, on the set. So, made Marion going to be in the Punisher series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the Punisher, I re- you know, I really liked... Uh, the character in Daredevil. We don't really read any Punisher comic books because um, I haven't nah. really gotten into any of those. But anyway, uh, Iron Fist itself, the 13 episodes dropped March 17th. And we, we talked a little bit already about the kind of critical reviews that it got. And I definitely see the point that everybody's making as far as, mm-hmm. and I kind of alluded to that as well. in the stuff that I wrote, um, but I never didn't want to watch the next episode, you know? Yeah, me too. So yeah, it didn't feel like a chore getting through the season, but I was overall disappointed that it wasn't, I thought it was going to be more fun to watch as far as just like sort of a lightness and, uh, that was kind of like one of the, my biggest complaint was the character of Danny Rand just didn't seem like 
I haven't read a lot of Iron Fist comics except for the Fraction Brewbaker run. Um, I guess that's all that I've read as well. 06 to 09, which, um, whatever, it's a long time ago. (laughs) But the character is uh, definitely, you know, um, kind of a wise ass. Like, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got the duality of that he's conflicted about the stuff he's conflicted about in the TV show. Um, but he's funny also. And there was um, zero jokes, I think. Right. In Iron Fist. Uh, I'll so, tell you what else I really... Like, the one thing I could have done without was the... How much Claire and, like, her... What's the word I'm looking for? Where she's, like... Preachiness. So preachy. <laughs> so preachy. Nailed it. Guessed it just right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it was too much. It was too much. She was in it too much to have that tone. Yeah. Because it just, it was like, what? What the heck? Like, yeah. who? Well, so I don't know um, if she's, I mean, she must be she a character mom? in the comics. Right. No, I don't know. I just know that she but I feel like ties everything together a little bit. But. Yeah, they're using her uh, to tie everything together. But the way they use her, I think basically in everything that we've seen is kind of as like the the guiding voice. And yes, you can definitely write that, I think, in a way that seems less preachy. Yeah, so. and there's too much guiding voice. <laughs> too much. Uh, because, gosh, I mean, she's like... Acting as his mother and like, no. you know, putting him in his place. And I'm like, I don't know, some of the things. And I was just like, please, really? <laughs> so that actually got on my nerves watching it. Yeah. But other than that, like, I liked the twists overall. I thought the story was really interesting. And yeah, so there was, um, I mean, the hand. Factors heavily in um, in the story, and I do like the twist. Um, you know, about halfway through the series, they use uh, the hand in a a different way than we've seen. Uh, mostly in, in Daredevil is mm-hmm. where we've seen the hand. And I was talking to the guy at the comic book store uh, who was also watching the show, and he was like, "I thought the hand was mostly like a, a Daredevil enemy." I was like, yeah, I think that's right. But isn't it also kind of an Iron Fist thing? I was thinking about the run that I had read. Uh-huh. And it, uh, so I, I went back and it was actually the Fraction run is all about Hydra trying to get into Kunlun. Uh-huh. Uh, but, I mean, I, I get that they have, that they're trying to weave all these people together and the hand is a, a solid uh, <laughs> way to do that. Um so, I don't know, the, the show uh, starts off, you know, with his return to New York after being gone for however many years, mm-hmm. 10 or 15 years. Um, and they don't, they don't go back to Kunlun basically at all. I mean, they show like little clips of it here and there, um, but they, there was a lot of talk about how they were going to incorporate this character that is based heavily in like mysticism into the gritty world of New York. And apparently they did that by just taking away all his jokes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, 
from a, a bigger perspective, like I don't have a problem with him with his backstory as the Iron Fist, the immortal weapon of Kunlun, kind of tortured soul. You know, yeah, being pulled into this group of superheroes, like it's fine with me. Like I don't care that he's mystical and they are whatever. They have powers. They're mutants, or right. I'm really not sure what Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are. Well, Luke Just- Cage was imbued with the. Whatever. Jessica Jones, <laughs> I think, is definitely a mute. No, I guess I don't. Yeah, Boy, you know, yeah. Well, we don't I know. guess we just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very familiar with Daredevil's backstory, though. Um, <laughs> right, me too, actually. So, well, speaking of you know some of the other characters in the Defenders, Jessica Jones and and Luke Cage, what do you think about the? Um, the decision to cast Finn Jones, you know, there was a lot of backlash, uh, for, I mean, in a, a lot of different, uh, projects right now, especially, uh, it's just getting louder and louder, but a lot of backlash against whitewashing, which I think for me, this, I mean, it's mostly a semantic quabble, but mm-hmm. if you're, if you cast a, a white guy as, um, a character who was, who was white in the source material, to me that that's not whitewashing that I can totally see the cultural appropriation aspect of it, or that it's a missed opportunity for them to diversify and make him, you know, to cast an Asian or Asian American actor to be the iron fist. Um, you know, and I was thinking about it. You know, part of it is, you know, he's a white guy from New York and, uh, he's supposed to be an outsider in Kunlun, but you can still be a New Yorker in this mystical place and be an outsider. So they could have, you know, diversified their casting choice, I guess. I guess they could have. Um, I don't feel like it's a poor choice or an unrealistic choice. Well, possibly a missed opportunity. Um, I think it would be much less of an issue if it wasn't an issue on a broader scale. Right. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, that's really what it boils like down to. Ghost in the Shell, where they... Or Aloha. Right. Well, don't you know she's a quarter Asian? <laughs> that was their response. That's that's the other thing that I think makes it even worse is some of the responses um, when this issue is right, brought Right, the justification up. is, is yeah. so... Tran- it's like flimsy yeah. that... It just feels, it feels skeevy, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> I was listening to uh, this new, where um, it's not, I don't think it's a new podcast, but it was new to me. I listened to uh, the Perfect Podcast, I think it's called. Um, but it's about, you know, I think mostly about film. Um, film school rejects, they call themselves, and they talk about movies. And uh, I think they're critics, basically, is the the gist of it, but they were talking about ghost in the shell because that just came out this past weekend. Um, and Scarlett Johansson is, you know, playing, um, I mean, basically they took the, the anime, Mm -hmm. uh, and put a, a white person where, uh, an Asian person was, but not only that, you know, they, they kept it in that Asian world. I think it's in Tokyo, but I'm not sure. So, Mm -hmm. but, they kept it in that world, but made her, you know, the, 
and they had a long discussion about, you know, you wanted to succeed because it's a female lead, but why didn't they just cast a female Asian actor to play that? Um, and, and their response was another thing. Right. If they it's- wait, just wait and see the movie. And, you know, I, I listened to the podcast and I have some spoilers and they just, they made it worse, um, <laughs> which is, you know, just what we're talking about. Well, and then one of Courtney's favorite anime shows is Death Note. And they've completely whitewashed that right. with the exception of making one of the characters um, a black guy. Yeah. So um, I heard they so- did talk about that as well. And. I'm I'm not sure that I completely agree with them, but they were talking about Death Note and how they at least like completely took that out of the Asian like um world, like the setting. They just they cast everybody and they put it in America and kinda like, you know, the ring or they just yeah, completely remade okay. it. So it it's a little different. I'm not sure that it makes it that much better. It would I mean, unfortunately it just goes back to the to the the point that I made before was if it wasn't a problem on a broader scale, then there would be no, you know, discussion about these kinds of things and, and whether the choices are, you you know, um, if everything was just a little bit less skeevy, (laughs) you know, but um, I mean, that's a work in progress and hopefully we'll get there and you can see some changes for the better. And even if it's small steps, yeah. um, at least the discussion is out there yeah. and people are making some steps. And so that's a move in the right direction. I don't know if it's um, quick enough yeah. um, or large enough steps, but yeah. any step is better than it's. I just backwards or none. So I just said, yeah, about five times. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, but the rest of the cast of iron fist is pretty diverse. At least mm-hmm. that's something. It's one of those one step forward, one step back, I guess. Uh, uh, calling wing, uh, Jessica Henwick. Don't know. Uh, I don't do my research for these things. I sort of assume you're going to, and I need to stop doing that. So she, I, I liked her as Colleen wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the steel serpent. I was um, surprised when he popped up uh, Davos. Uh, right. It was interesting because he's, you know, obviously, um, I'm not sure what his descent is, but he's a man of color uh, with an English accent. And uh, he is supposed to be uh, from Kunlun as well. Um, and uh, I like... I liked their relationship actually, because I think the only books that I've read, they're already kind of at odds. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and their relationship kind of clarifies, you know, exactly, um, how somebody from Kumlun would feel if the, you know, an outsider came in and, and stole their immortal weapon. Right. Uh, (laughs) which is just, I mean, it's basically a perfect metaphor for appropriation. Of, uh, but yeah, that's yeah, good point. So uh, I thought the casting was was odd because he's kind of um, just not who I would have pictured because he's pretty small. The Steel Serpent, the book is huge, uh, but I, I don't know. I overall, I I thought it was fine, and I was excited to see it. Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was fine. Exactly. It wasn't 
I didn't hate it. I didn't even not like it, except for some of Claire's preachiness. Yeah. All of it. The Iron um, Fist um, move in the last episode I thought was pretty awesome. The uh, It's been a while. Yeah, in the office building when... Uh, mm, don't give away anything. I'll, I'll go back. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. It, it was it was the only um, huge display of power for the Iron Fist, I think, in the, in the whole series, really. But it was pretty cool. Um, the other thing about the show, though, is the soundtrack, like the music they used. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I really... Um, I really liked. It. I've been doing this thing where I'll actually remember to pull out my phone and Shazam something if I hear it <laughs> while right. I'm watching a TV show. I usually and, remember as the song is ending, yeah. and then it's too late. So we found that Anderson Park, who I really, you know, uh, like most most yeah, of the other I stuff like that too. he has too. Um, they actually had a whole uh, article in or on the Comic Book Resources website about the the music in the show as well, as well as the music on his iPod that was you know he's supposed to have old. had from before the crash um, or 15. and they go into all this detail about the timeline and if the music matches up with that and um, they talk I, I didn't know this but the we listen to Run the Jewels a lot too mm-hmm. now pretty much a lot but they I mean, they use some of their music in the show, but they've also got this kind of greater collaboration with Marvel, uh, really? which is interesting. I didn't know they use the uh, album cover art for a lot of Run the Jewel stuff in their uh, their hip hop variant covers, and Run the Jewels provided music for the uh, Black Panther video series that you could watch. Huh. Um, you know, that was basically just like moving comics, I think, but. Uh, the music was, was really good. And I, it's hard to like collect singles of music. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I did, I did like it anyway, Iron Fist. Um, pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited to see him in the defenders and with the other three, especially with Luke Cage. I hope that they bring a little bit more lightness. Yeah. To it. Especially because that's that's the give and take between him and Luke Cage is um, is a lot of funny back and forth. Maybe that's what'll bring it out of him. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I guess we should wrap up with Legion. Not wrap up the episode, but move on to Legion oh. <laughs> episodes seven and eight, which I rewatched both of them last night on the iPad while struggling through Blue Apron. Uh, oh, that's why it took you two hours to cook dinner. No, it took me two hours to cook dinner because Blue Apron's a liar. <laughs> and it never takes me that long, just saying. That's great. <laughs> uh, but that's how long it took me. Uh, so, I don't know. O- overall, for the series... You know they're never going to sponsor us now. <sighs> It was delicious by the time it was done. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> but overall, the series... Um, so the first... My impression of the series... I, I loved the whole series. The, my impression is that the first four, five, six episodes were a lot more disorienting um, than the kind of 
lead up to and the finale, it seemed more like a straightforward, like X-Men kind of story mm-hmm. um, where, I mean, Which so I much feel so. like is amazing and done on purpose. Yeah. Because of. Well, I mean, I think it definitely was. Um, I mean, obviously it was purposeful, but I mean, it was so much like a comic book that, I mean, episode seven, I have it written down that it's like basically an episode of exposition and cinema homages. Like they, I mean, they basically draw you a comic book to tell you (laughs) what, what happened and why we're at this point with, um, the shadow King that they've revealed is this parasite, um, Amal Farouk, a, a powerful mutant why it's in um what's his name in the show danny that's not right david david <laughs> david holler yeah uh i mean they even kind of show a, a brief shot of X, professor x's wheelchair um which is interesting that they make it so explicit especially i was listening especially because i was listening to the watch mm-hmm. you know and andy uh, Greenwald had, he's a co-producer on the show and he was in the writer's room and, uh, I found it very interesting when they were talking about Legion and how surprised he was that they made it so explicit. He was under the impression that that was, they weren't going to go fuzzy. that far with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What did you think of, um, uh, I mean, this is one of my favorite Things I feel like every episode has a new surprise as far as um, the the choices um, with how they're going to 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 show you what's happening. Like the whole, it reminded me of, and I know that there's like a name for it, but um, in Three Amigos, when they've got when they're like showing their stuff in the, right, the, the silent theater, movie stuff. right. Um, with like the music and then the, and it's all black and white. And I mean, everything, like there were, were so many different kinds of, of, um, styles all put into this one show of eight episodes, but it didn't feel disjointed. Well, it did feel disjointed, but on purpose because, mm-hmm. you know, we're sort of we're following this character David and his brain is messed up yeah. you know and so we're f- feeling that and we're being shown that each episode as as he's battling with with you know what's real versus what's not real and what's going on in his own in his own head and with his emotions and outside of 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 that and and with what all of the other characters are dealing with too on you know in respect to to this character that has come into their lives. Yeah. So Yeah, they I mean I mean my favorite thing about the show is not even just the story, it's just the visual. Yeah, the visual stuff is is pretty um I don't know, avant-garde kind of. And they do such interesting stuff with the, t- like, I have no idea when this takes place because there's been mention of email, but everything sort of got like an old timey feel, but, right. but there's, um, you know, so there's modern aspects that are in like modern technology, but when is it really taking place? And, no. you know, I, I mean, 
Yeah. It feels 1950s and, and it also feels 1990s. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, they go to great pains to make it about the psychology of these characters and, and mental illness and um, just a lot of stuff that uh, I think is probably dealt with more in comics now than it, than it has been. Um, but comic books as translated to the screen, you don't get a lot of, um, a lot of that kind of perspective when somebody's approaching a show or, or a movie to make, uh, which I, I don't know, is really good. And uh, Aubrey Plaza's character as, as, uh, as they, um, work their way to kind of trying to expel her from, from David. Uh, and she just gets weirder and weirder. Um, not, I mean her, uh, the job she does in that silent movie portion of the episode, um, just physically, um, <laughs> was, was really she's, entertaining. She's a genius. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely cast the right person as Lenny slash Benny slash Farouk. Right. So, I, I mean, all of the, I feel like all of the choices in, in this show were good choices. No. Yeah. And ones that, like, I wouldn't even begin to know how to wrap my mind around as far as making them if I was, you know, deciding how I was going to put together a story. Yeah. I mean, I'm just very impressed. Uh, episode eight starts by reintroducing the interrogator character from uh, the first episode, uh, played mm-hmm. by Hamish Linklater, who I guess his name is Clark. They, uh, you know, give him a, a really big part in the finale, but the whole first seven or eight minutes of the, the movie is his recovery from what happened in movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Should have been a movie or it could have been, it's just as good. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the recovery from what happened in the first episode and, you know, his family and his life and kind of giving him that. I mean, it's, Again, some of these, um, I think, approaches to storytelling where not everybody's all good and not everybody's all bad uh, is is done more often now than than it maybe has been in the past. But uh, I still really like that whole um, arc of, of that character and um, how he comes back into the fold or the picture as it relates to the mutants at Summerland. And, and and the rest of the episode is all, you know, them trying to get rid of the Shadow King. But uh, overall, I'm excited to see the second season. There's a mid-credit scene yeah. in the finale that is um, important, I think, to, <laughs> to mm-hmm. the next season. I'm sure they'll um, flash back to it for anybody who, who missed, Maybe. missed it in the mid-credit scene. Maybe but. they'll be like... You know, yeah. too bad, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> if you weren't dedicated enough to sit through some of those credits, you don't get to know what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're just jumping right in. Uh, did you have anything else for Legion? No. I'm going to go back and watch all of it, though, which I never do. Yeah. I wouldn't, which I have already done. <laughs> I've right. already seen all the episodes twice uh, and enjoyed it the second time. Maybe more. <laughs> but I guess that'll wrap up this episode. 
And uh, we'll uh, be back probably in a couple weeks, maybe talk about uh, Norse mythology if we can finish that book. Yes. I will spend more than halfway through probably the weekend halfway. reading it because I'm not quite as far. Um, by quite as far, I mean I think I'm about 30 pages in. <laughs> are you even 30 pages? Yeah. I feel like sure. you just finished the introduction. No, I read a little bit this weekend. Yeah. But uh, I guess that'll do it. So it was fun. It was smart. We liked it. <laughs>